You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. You can be seated this morning. Last week I started as we ministered on the subject of prayer and fasting, nine biblical reasons. I only got through six of them. So I'm going to get to the last three today after our introduction to start us off. Um, a couple of corporate fasts found in Scripture, just so people know. Obviously, and there are in throughout the Word of God from the Old Testament to the New Covenant, there are tons of scriptures referencing prayer and fasting. It's the two together. Of course, we started with uh, the the Gospel of Mark last week of Jesus saying, obviously, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting, indicating spiritual authority is released upon a person's life if they go through that, because he called them faithless and perverse. Faithlessness has to do with a separation from God, and perverseness has to do with an association with this world. Well, fasting is the dying to your flesh, to take yourself out of the perversion of this world, and prayer is to draw close to God, so you get closer to the Lord. Amen. It's pretty simple. You can actually work it out with your brain. But Esther, when Esther was faced with a decision, obviously at that time the Jews uh, were threatened to be eradicated or genocide upon the Jewish people. She called a corporate fast for people that they fasted until she went before the king and had favor. There's also scripture found when Nineveh was basically Jonah the prophet showed up there. They called for a time of prayer and fasting as a city. It went citywide and it turned the heart of God back to the city so Nineveh was not destroyed. Amen. Corporate fasts do exist. Yes, there's times the Lord would lead you on your own. But corporately, when a body comes together in unity to go after the, the deeper things of God, it moves things in the spiritual realm. Amen? Amen? If you've got your Bible, and hopefully you do, turn with me in the book of Daniel. As many of you probably realize, we would go to this scripture. I'm going to elaborate on it quite intensively today to kick things off. Man, I just have to say I'm feeling great today. Amen? You guys look beautiful. Look at this church. Look around at the diversity of this church. This is like the most diverse church I've ever been in. Amen? You guys are beautiful people. Not like Marilyn Manson's song. I knew there would be a select group of people that were with me there. The rest of you are like, who is that? The beautiful people. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel chapter 10 verse 1 <laughs> In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia Daniel, also known as Belshazzar Had another vision He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future Times of war and of great hardship When this vision came to me I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks at that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine had crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until these three weeks had passed. So obviously he's in a time of fasting and prayer. Amen. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. It's obvious. So on April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing. With a belt of pure gold around his waist, his body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like the vast multitude of people. Whoo! 
Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. <laughs> I love it. It's like when Paul was, or Saul was on the road to Damascus. He saw a great light. They didn't, but they, they also, they knew something was up. And so skip down to verse 12. It says that, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day. Somebody shout first day. So right away. On the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Say heard in heaven. heaven. Come on, somebody. The Lord hears your prayers. First thing to effective prayers, you got to actually believe the Lord is listening. And you got to believe he cares. If you don't believe he's listening and you don't believe he cares, why would you ever pray about anything? But when you believe it and you know it, then you know my prayers are being heard by God that has the power to do anything. Come on, what does God have the power to do? What does the Bible say you can pray about? Anything. Come on. Ah! Jesus, somebody's about to get it in here. We're about to turn Pentecostal, Pastor Marcel. We've been Presbyterian long enough. It's time to switch over and get that real fire. Amen. Glory to God. Ha! You got to get Pentecostal's got that little ha! When they, you know, we go backwards and forward at the same time. God! Woo! Like the Lord tugging you from above. What's that? Ah, yes, Lord. Hey, hey, somebody. Shabaha. Legs got to go up. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, shout 21 days. The spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, this scripture reveals a whole lot about spiritual warfare. But I will just say this. We are under a better covenant than Daniel was under. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout the blood. That's right. We have the blood covenant with Jesus Christ. We have been made joint heirs. First or Second Corinthians, one of them, first or second one. <laughs> Says that don't you know that us collectively are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody. This is where the Spirit of God chooses to live right now. He's not living in the White House. Well, so I've <laughs> I was meaning the opulence of the White House, not particularly the components of the White House at this time, but he's not living there, amen. He's not living in the Taj Mahals of India. He's not living in the finest of buildings. He's living in the church. We are the temple, and the Bible says that God will destroy anybody that messes with the temple. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. The church will not be destroyed. Come on, somebody. There's not an army on this planet that can destroy the church of God. We are protected. 21 days he prayed. So for 21 days in Scripture, it straight up says that the first day you prayed, the prayer was heard, but there was a delay. Somebody shout delay. So let me ask you this. Is there still delays in the new covenant or all the delays only in the old covenant? Because Daniel had to pray this thing through for three full weeks in prayer and fasting. And it wasn't that Daniel was off. It wasn't that he was not praying good enough. 
It was that he, his prayers were heard, but there was a war going on. Obviously, the enemy intends to stop the church. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Jesus said it. Now, it's amazing. I want to point a couple things out. In Scripture, every time you read about any person that changed a nation, they were a person given to prayer and fasting. Elijah turned a nation around. He was a man of prayer and fasting. Jesus turned the world around. He was a man of prayer and fasting. Daniel turned the nation around. He was a man of prayer and fasting. Esther saved a nation. She was a woman of prayer and fasting. We talked about this last week, Matthew 6. Jesus said, when you fast, when you pray, and when you give. If you never fasted, now's the time. Amen. Join on board. Get in this corporate uh, atmosphere where we're pursuing the heavenly realm. To break into greater dimensions. Amen. Amen. So one man is seen here. One man praying in such a dimension that all of heaven is moving from one man's prayers. When you pray, heaven responds with a host of angels. There are angelic forces sent to war on behalf of the saints. That's what binding and loosing is. Are you with me right now? If you never do it, then nothing's going to happen. But if you go in times of prayer, seeking the Lord, speaking things out, declaring things, heaven moves on our behalf. And so there was a war. Demonic spirits were assigned to the, are assigned to the destruction of anything good. Where does the devil rear his head? Anytime there's something good. Why do you, you can see, even study revival, and you study cities that had an outpouring of God, and watch how a few generations later, that is like a cesspool of wokeism. That's what we call it now, but it's demonic. It's demonic agendas, poverty, fear, drug addictions, all sorts of corruption and perverseness, because the enemy comes to just choke out the life of the church. There is a war. Now, in Luke 18, 1 through 8, I want to use this scripture to go into the New Testament from Daniel. Obviously, Daniel's praying and fasting for three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, the angel of the Lord shows up. Really, it could be Jesus himself, the Messiah, from the description, shows up to explain what was happening. Says, obviously, your prayers had been heard. There just was a delay. So when there's a delay or when we're believing for breakthrough, we pray and we keep praying and we keep praying until we get the desired breakthrough. Amen. Amen. Luke 1 through 8, this is Jesus now speaking. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Shout, never give up. Never, give up. never ever. Amen. Never don't give up, as some tattoos have been known to say. Like a third of the church got it. The rest of them are like, yeah, amen, brother. Hopefully you don't have that tattoo. Never don't give up. Never give up. <laughs> there was a judge in a certain city, and he said, who neither, who, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. And a widow of that city came to him repetitively, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. This is why you need to get a, a woman beside you that prays. They, they lock on like a little chihuahua to it. 
You ever seen a chihuahua attack like a big dog and grab it? And he's shaking, but it's just the chihuahua's the one shaking. Ah! Oh, yeah, shake it. Amen. Not like that. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Now, this is interesting because this is new covenant. Are you with me? So then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who actually, who actually have faith? So delays are scriptural, but unanswered prayers are not. That's what we mean when we say pray something through. You're praying this thing through until you get to the place of the release by God and the answered prayer comes in. Amen. You're praying until it manifests in your life. Come on. Not just in the future, but today you have it. Shout today. You pray until today it happens. And that's what we are in right now. A season of prayer and fasting, but it's not just a season you do in January or when the church pastor says do it. This is how you live your life. This is what praying something through means. That as born-again believers, when there's problems in the nation, if we lock on, Daniel was one man, Elijah was one man, Esther was one girl, and they turned the nation around because they didn't take no for an answer. Are you with me right now? I mean, I'm trying to inject life in this place, like stir it up. 2023, I don't care what 2022 was. I don't care what 2021 was. I certainly don't care about 2020. But I can tell you 2023 will be the year that I break down strongholds in my life. I am going to another level. I am going to another level. I am going to another level. I am breaking into greater realms. I am going to slay siege. And my God, I'm going to squeeze everything I can out of the glory realm. And I'm going to kick every devil I see in the face. That's right, we believe in violence here. Violence against demonic peace. Speaking of which, we have decided we're going to be giving away a handgun this year. So we're going to pick it up here shortly, and we're going to pick a month where it's the same way we gave away the AR. As you come to church, you get your name in the drawing for the handgun, and every time throughout the week, uh, the, the month, if you bring friends, you get extra names in. So if you bring six friends, you get seven times your name in there for the handgun. And then we'll bless somebody with it at the end of the month. And you have to go, of course, through a background check. We're not giving it to some criminal that looks shifty. <laughs> That's a good time to bring up the concealed carry class. I think it's full already, though, right? So is it? Okay, on the email blast, you can sign up for the concealed carry class if you've not yet done so. We believe in protecting ourselves, mind, body, and soul, and spirit. Amen. So we're talking about, though, praying something through. There is delays in Scripture. And so for those of you that learn the principle to pray something through, to keep speaking, to keep declaring, there is a variety of reasons why things get delayed. Obviously, Daniel shows us a war going on in the heavenlies. Jesus defeated the devil. There could still be delays, I guess, in the spiritual realm that go on that are totally, we won't even know until we cross into glory what was going on. 
But all you know is you've got to pray this thing through. Amen. Standing on the promises of God that He has ears, that He hears what you pray. You can boldly let your petitions be known. You can approach the throne of grace by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can pray and you can get results. Amen. Amen. you got to believe that for yourself. And we talked about last week, James, I mentioned at the end, of is anyone afflicted? The Bible doesn't say if you're afflicted, which is tormented or going through problems, that you get a prayer warrior to pray for you. It says let that person pray. Come on, somebody. If any of you are afflicted, let him pray. If any of you are sick, let him call the elders of the church together. They'll anoint him with oil. They'll lay hands on the sick, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Come on, somebody. If you're sick in your body, you can come here Monday through Thursday or Sunday, and there will be somebody with oil to lay hands on you, pour the oil on your head, baptize you, and declare over your body healing. Amen. Come on. But if you are going through something, decide I'm not going to live like this. Depression is not from God. God doesn't give depression to teach you a lesson. It's not so you get a badge of honor. It's not like the merit system with Royal Rangers. I'm not knocking the merit system. I agree with it. I'm just saying God doesn't give you depression so you can have the depression badge. I'm not knocking the merit system. It's awesome. Walking around, people walk around in the church with like their depression badge. Look what the Lord gave me. You have joy, I have depression. Well, play, praise the Lord that I didn't get your portion. <laughs> it's not. It's not scriptural. Depression, sickness, fear, all of those things are associated with the curse. And who delivered us from the curse? His name is Jesus Christ. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. And He's my Redeemer. What do you think redeemed means? means I've redeemed from the curse of the law. Sickness can't touch me. Depression can't hold me. Anxiety ain't my portion. Joy is my portion. Peace is my portion. Good things are my portion. Surely goodness and mercy, they follow me all the days of my life. Woo! You're going through a bad time, get behind me and just follow me. I tell you what, good things will just be all over you. Because it follows me. I show up at Chipotle, I get double meat, and half the time they don't charge me for it because I walk in favor. Brother, you don't even know. Jesus. <laughs> now, the reward of those that pray something through. You see, there is a delay. It is scriptural that you can have a delay. Or even in the sense of what we're doing now, corporately just pushing forward. Laying forward, because I said last week, you know, the Bible says, you know, you worry about today and you don't really know the evils of tomorrow. Right. Nobody knows. I mean, tomorrow, we live in a day and age with, with, with little four foot eleven guys in North Korea have nuclear weapons. <laughs> they could push that button anytime, bro. Live like today is your last day, okay? Well, you'll be talking about 20 years from now, I'm going to go there. Just do it today. Don't worry about it, but that's what times of prayer and fasting is. You're praying. What do you mean? Well, he walks. It's all stiff, too. My brother itching to push that button. I bind that in Jesus' name. You ain't pushing no buttons. You ain't not pushing no button. 
No button. No. I don't know where that Japanese voice came from. Just felt it. Do you feel it? I feel like you had to go to Asian, you know what I'm saying? Asian felt authoritative right there. English wasn't working. You no push your button. Yes, in Jesus' name. Anybody else want to take over? I don't know. <laughs> Pastor Mark, you got anything good to say? I mean... <laughs> The reward, the reward of praying something through, Daniel 11 says, Daniel, you are very precious to me. So listen carefully to what I had to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. What's the reward of those that pray something through? And God shows up. He says, I have been sent to you. And by his description, you could call him an archangel, but you could also say that sounds a whole lot like Jesus saying, stand up because I have been sent to you because you have prayed this thing through. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, this is the second part of that. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. My God, my God, I could run around this place right now. If you pursue the Lord in times of prayer and fasting, yeah, you're going to be mocked. There will always be somebody that comes around and mocks you. There will always be somebody that makes fun of you. They're a, a greater spiritual degree because they're not people that pray and fast. Well, that's you, boo. I'm going after God. Amen. And I'm going to get in the glory realm of heaven. And I'm going to see things and do things and hear things that will change the course of my life. And by the anointing of my life, I will change the course of this world by the power of the gospel. You believe it? Shout amen. amen. Come on. Common sense, Proverbs 8, 14 through 19. Common sense and success belong to me. This is the Lord. Inside and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me, but those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold, and my wages are better than sterling silver. What are you going after right now, Pastor Mark? No, you're not going after titles. You can keep your title. I don't need a title. I have a title. It's child of God. It's a friend of the Lord. Amen. That's the only title I need. I don't need a title. I don't need money because I need him. He says, man, my wages are silver and gold. Guess what? I, if I pursue the Lord, I'll never lack for anything in my life. I'm not going after that stuff. I'm going after the only thing that matters. It's the realms of God. It's the glory of God. It's the presence of God in my life. Come on. I want to walk where other people have not walked, and I want to carry what few people carry. And if you're hungry for that, so, so prayer and fasting, what it does is it readjusts your hunger. Readjusts your hunger. And we got the, the Van Diemen family here. Did I say that right, or is it Van Demand? Van Demon. Van Demand. 
They were, we were talking yesterday because, of course, we're in prayer and fasting. They just celebrated 50 years together. Come on. That's the Jubilee. You can do better than that. 50 years? We salute you two. What an epic. And we were talking yesterday about prayer and fasting with some of his boys. He has nine boys. Yeah, he outdid the seven brides and seven brothers. And um, we're talking about prayer and fasting, and one of the boys was saying that he was studying intermittent fasting, and that that's, it's, it's proven that the two hours before lunch in America that judges hand out the harshest sentences, and the two hours following lunch, it is the lenient, most lenient sentences given. So if you've got to go to court, pray that you're going after lunch, <laughs> or bring a snack. And just, sir, uh, may I approach the bench? I just felt to get you the smoothie, you know. I was just thinking, <laughs> you look beautiful today, Your Honor. Did you get a new haircut? <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't reveal you've been in there that much. I don't know. <laughs> I was on a first, never mind, never moving on. When the judge texts you, didn't think I'd see you in here again this year, it's bad. Maybe choose a different line of work. <laughs> but prayer and fasting, what it will do is like, so the flesh, see, that's what people don't realize. How much what you're feeling, the anxiety, the anxiousness, the fears, these things that come, how much that's actually just rooted in your flesh. And that if you just go on a time of, prayer, of fasting and you silence the voice of the flesh, suddenly you're thinking with the Spirit. And you're like, that's not even a problem. Why was that making that a problem? That's not a problem. And it just, it, what was a big hurdle is gone just because you stopped listening to the flesh. The flesh just knows how to kill itself. That's all the flesh is good at. Eat, 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 sleep around, basically everything. The wages of sin is death. The flesh is just going to kill itself. But the spirit will live forever. When you begin to silence the voice of the flesh and tap into the voice of the spirit, you get a clear mind for your life, clear vision for your life. Things change on the inside of you and your outlook is different because you're being led by the spirit and not by the flesh. Come on, somebody. It is very good to put the flesh under. We all agree with it in multiple times, but you've got, to, you've got to take authority over your flesh or your flesh will take authority over you. And then you're living your whole life because your flesh wants something. Man, flesh, shut up. You don't get everything you want. Come on, somebody. You can't feed your flesh and think that you're going to live a life in the Spirit. Pursuing the things of God gets you the true riches of heaven. Now, the next three reasons of prayer and fasting... The next one is revelation and wisdom. When you pray and fast, it takes you into the realms of God of supernatural revelation and wisdom. Even Daniel himself was given a vision concerning things to come. So he went into a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting to get the revelation of what that dream meant. And the Lord showed up and revealed to him the wars that would come, the various things all throughout history. For hundreds of years, he basically saw things that the Lord carried out those prophetic events so there's revelation and wisdom 
that is available to us when we pray and fast. The Word explodes. You'll read something in the Word of God and suddenly it thunders within you and explodes from within. It's like revelation flowing through you. It's times of prayer and fasting that get you into those places of the wisdom of God, the revelation of God, of what will I do in 2023? What will I see in my life? What is before me? What is ahead of me? What is the key to breaking through in this realm of my life? God will give it to you if you pursue Him. Proverbs 8, what did we just read? Man, riches, honor, all of those things are in my presence. If you would just seek me, you will find me. Come on, you're seeking the Lord. Amen. Acts 13, 2 through 3, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, somebody shout fasted. It's kind of slow, low, you know what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Talk about revelation and wisdom. Talk about the things to come. These guys were church leaders or elders praying and fasting, seeking the mind of God in the season. There is no way they could have known what, what was on the Apostle Paul. Who that man would basically wind up being a man that has shaped the church for over 2,000 years from the encounter he had with Jesus Christ. But these guys, in a time of prayer and fasting, the Lord revealed to them, separate these guys out, lay hands on them, and send them out as apostles. As a corporate body, what we're believing for as we pray and fast is revelation for the vision of this church for these, this year, what we're going to go after, what we're going to globally, unitedly do. Globally, maybe, global, that makes sense, right? As a body of Christ moving forward. It could be we're sending out these guys to start a church. Come on. We're praying over them. They're going to take Chattanooga with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We're going to send teams up there and vans up there, and you guys are all going to go to Chattanooga and see Pastor Antonio and Pastor Glow. Gloria. And we're believing. Well, you, you pray and fast because you're getting the mind of God. Is this the hour? Then we're going to go. And if we're going to go, how are we going? Are you with me right now? You join in in these things, and maybe now's not the time, but I, I recommend whenever. But if, you've got, if you're seeking revelation in your life, which really traces back to one of the things I said last week, divine direction. You get the mind of God concerning things in your life, and you move forward with that. It's available to those that spend times in prayer and fasting, praying something through until the reward shows up. You're very precious to me, so I have been sent to you. Come on. Jesus. You're very precious to God. I want you to just close your eyes, forget everybody else around you, just realize that the Lord would show up just as powerfully as you have seen Him show up in stadium events or in the corporate worship here. If you would just lock yourself in your bedroom and worship the Lord, God would show up in the same degree in the same manner just for you. He doesn't need a crowd. He just needs one person. Are you hungry and thirsty? Then prayer and fasting is something that Scripture gives us when there's something before us, changing something that's simply too big for us. Man, there are many things we face in life that are just beyond us. Amen? I mean, that kind of goes with Romans when it talks about when you know not how you ought to pray. Then the Spirit makes intercession through you. There are things that you just have happen in life. Whether it be that you're pressing in for the nation. I mean, if you're like me, 
And you're believing to see revival shake the nation, and you're looking at the nation, you're like, God, you got to help us change America. Because I don't see this thing turning around. Our brother from Brazil, it's like, how? Lord, Lord, there are lives on the line. There are things going on. We need your intervention. We need your mind. We need your ways. We need your vision. We need your help. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of my God. Are you with me? It's this, you go in times when you're like, man, I don't know how, but I am locking in and something is going to change in Jesus' mighty name. America will not go quietly into the night. America will not be the leader of perversion. It will be the lamp or the city on a hill where the glory of God will shine on the streets and in the churches once more. It will not go down in history as a nation you couldn't get a miracle in. It'll go down as the hungriest spiritual nation as long as I'm alive. I'm pressing in for a move of God. God is not finished. We didn't peek at Azusa Street. We didn't peek at the tent revivals. God is saved for the last days, a greater move. And I am going to see that move. My God, I feel it by the Holy Ghost. Our greatest days are yet ahead. They are yet ahead. They are not over. Man, 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 man. Nehemiah 1 through 3. This guy wasn't even an engineer. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a priest. He had the name Cupbearer. That's a waiter. He was a waiter. But he changed something no one thought could change. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. A cupbearer, a waiter, heard that something needed to change. So he went into a time of prayer and fasting. And he sought the Lord. You know what happened from that? If you follow the October outpouring, this is one of our primary things. The favor released upon Nehemiah's life. That he went to the king and asked for letters to be given all of the timber and everything necessary to rebuild the walls. And the king sent a protective detail around him. And the king paid him as long as it was going to take to go do it. That's supernatural favor. Protection, resources, provision, and personal provision. Think about that. What did Antonio just say? This is the God that we serve. Man, when you go after the things that matter to God, God will make everything that matters to you rain down in your life. If you would just get the heart of God, my Lord, there is nothing impossible for your personal life. But if you just sit there always thinking about you, then that's where you get disgruntled and upset. Everybody's got problems. Grow up. It's called being an adult. It's adulting. That's what we call it now. My problems got problems, but guess what? My solution is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And some problems I don't even bother with because you know what? They will work themselves out. 
but I am focused on changing something bigger than I. When he pressed in, he had favor with the people of Israel to rally them together. He had the resources released because he went into a time of prayer and fasting. Father, I thank you. Number one, I would never, and you, if you've been in this church a long time, we never arbitrarily do anything. We don't just join in and do a fast just because it's January. I felt it by the Spirit of God. Let me tell you, when we paid off the debt in the beginning of last year, really the end of the year before, and we're debt-free, I went through a time as a leader where I'm like, God, what is next for the River Claremont? What is ahead of us? We have the vision that you've given us, a church that raises up politicians, a church that raises up city leaders, a church that duplicates itself. This will be the year that that happens. Come on. River Chattanooga will experience acceleration. That church will be in one year what we were in four years. Because they will not. They're not starting from nothing. There is a spiritual momentum and a family behind them and resources behind them that we didn't have. But I'm like, God, what is ahead? We've got to raise up. We need an acceleration. We've got to do greater things for you, God. That's what moves in me. That's what burns in my heart. And I'm believing that this time is that we are, we are, number one, my heart has always been America. I know I love the nations of the world. I love them. I want to go to a mall. I want to eat all of their food because I love exotic food. You can feed me a bug. I promise you I'll eat it at least once. I'm an adventurous eater. Amen. You can't shake me off. You want to eat that, that squirrel? Yeah, we, yeah, I'll eat a squirrel. You want to eat those intestines? Yeah, I'll eat them. You want to eat those testicles? Yeah, I'll eat them. For I've eaten some things that would make a man cry. Not all of them are bad, but some of them are horrific. Just saying. Don't know why they ever ate them. You must really be in desperation mode. Another thing about prayer and fasting is it changes your taste buds. If you've not been able to eat salads fast for 21 days, a salad will be the greatest thing you've ever had. <laughs> You're like, I have never tasted a lettuce so divine. <laughs> Was that sunflower seeds? Could just... <laughs> Parsley, right? Mmm. <laughs> Who in here is enjoying the fast so far? Amen. Who in here has already planned six meals to come off the fast with? We went over to some friend's house. I won't name them because I don't want to shame them. But we're fasting and they made sausage and biscuits. Like gravy with, I'm like just. <laughs> I was hungry for three days. Thank you very much. I woke up chewing on my hand. I don't know what. I... <laughs> Looks a lot like a biscuit in the dark. It's a little bland. It needs salt. Why does it hurt when I eat? Maybe I shouldn't be eating. I'm fasting. No, you're just chewing on your hand. On the last reason for prayer and fasting, biblically, it's changing something too big for you, but then desperation in prayer. Desperation in prayer. Esther 4.16, go and gather all together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. 
Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. And if I must die, I must die. There are times in life when we face desperate things. Maybe it's not right now, and I pray it's not right now. But if you do, know this, that the Lord will move on your behalf. Prayer and fasting has never been about suffering to prove your devotion to God. It has always been about silencing the flesh so that the spirit that is within you connected to God can finally be heard. That's Elijah when he ran 40 days and he got into a cave to hear the mind of God. That's what it's about. God's not moved by our suffering. It's not like God says, I'll do something for you if you suffer for three weeks. And that's what a lot of people think of prayer and fasting. They're like, oh, I'm suffering that I might get some. No, you're silencing the flesh so that the spirit can take over. So that I can be led by the Spirit and I can get the mind of God. And if they're facing desperate times, Esther called for a fast. The nation fasted behind her. She got the mind of God of what to do. She didn't go in there and make a demand. She made a meal and persuaded the king. And the king did exactly what was needed to save the Jewish people. When you're facing desperate times, prayer and fasting is a key given in Scripture that can turn things around. God gave this woman... The power and the mindset and the wisdom and the vision of how to turn this situation around and save the Jewish people. One woman. What can God do with you? As I said, every person in Scripture that ever did mighty things from changing a nation written down in Scripture, you can read where those people are people of prayer and fasting. Even what you mentioned, Jehoshaphat, an army too great. He prayed and fasted. The Lord gave him vision. Or gave him an understanding, vision, send forth the worshipers first. As the worshipers go forth and play, the Bible says that the enemy turned on themselves in total confusion, slayed one another, and they walked in because the battle said the Lord is the Lord said the battle is mine. Then it took them three days to get the spoils. You keep reading about Jehoshaphat. A couple uh, books later, Jehoshaphat now was cocky, full of himself, and didn't think he needed the Lord. And he went and used his wealth that God had given him and hired another king to come alongside. And guess what? Jehoshaphat didn't have a victory. Because it's not wealth, it's not the number of men that you have, it is the presence of God that makes the difference. And that's the key. As long as if he had faced that situation the same way he first faced the first one and went into a time of prayer and fasting, God would have given him the victory. But he faced it cocky in his own strength. Maybe you've been cocky in your own strength. And maybe it's time to get back into a time of submission to the Lord and watch what God will do. Come on, somebody. Acts 9, 1, 3 through 11. As he journeyed, he came to Damascus, and suddenly there shined about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. So he was fasting. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Paul's world had just been turned upside down. If you read Romans 11, when you read the discourse of, of Paul to the Romans in that letter talking about you know, the law, how the law revealed his sin, the law was not bad, but the law couldn't save, and what a miserable person I am because the things I should do, I don't do, and the things I want to do, I can't do. Anybody ever felt that way? Well, Paul's world got turned upside down. Here he was thinking he was serving the Lord in what he was doing. But then he met Jesus and realized, I have been doing the exact opposite of serving the Lord. I've been the one coming against what God is doing. His world was flipped upside down. He's in a desperate time of prayer. He's seeking the Lord. He can't see anything, and he just doesn't eat. I think the Bible says he doesn't even drink, which probably he still drink water. Come on, you need to drink water. Don't go on a 21-day of prayer fasting with no water. We'll see you on the other side. You definitely drew close to God. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Pouring out water for my homies. <laughs> and in prayer and fasting, the Lord actually gave him three distinct visions we know. Number one, the, the Bible says that God showed Paul and Ananias that he would come and lay hands on him to heal his eyes. So he had a vision of the man coming that would lay hands on him to heal his eyes, which gave him immediate comfort that my current situation will be dealt with by the Lord. Come on. Prayer and fasting. Immediate situation, God's like, first thing I show you, your deliverance is swiftly coming. Be ready for it. That was on the way. The next vision, God showed him that he would stand before King Agrippa and he would preach the gospel. So he knew at the end, when everybody was saying, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome, Paul knew I'm going because my life is being poured out as a drink offering, and I'm going to stand before him, and I'm going to preach the gospel, and that's the end of my life. He knew where he was going, and ultimately the other vision was the heavenly vision of his life that God showed him concerning the revelation of grace that he preached tirelessly for over 14 years that changed the entire globe. God gave him four Three visions and three days in a time of prayer and fasting. We talk about desperation. We talk about breaking through into realms. We talk about these things. Prayer and fasting is a time of seeking the Lord. And I want to end with this. Three questions or two questions Paul asked, but I'm going to give you three questions in a time of pursuing the Lord. First thing Paul asked is, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Who is the Lord thy God to you? Who is he? Is he... The God that tells you what you can't eat and what you shouldn't drink, or is he your best friend? Is he your comforter, your counselor? Is he the one that is trustworthy that you lean on every single day of your life? Who are you? Who is the Lord to you in times of prayer and fasting? It's discovering God. Man, Lord, here I am. I don't, I've prayed for two hours. I have nothing left to pray about. I just want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you want. I want to know what moves your heart. I want to know what's pleasing to you, God. Who are you, Lord? Are you the God of fire? Are you the God of love? Are you the God of light? Are you the God that is a spirit? Who are you to me? It's those times of prayer and fasting that you're pursuing the glory of God personally. There are people that will tell you about experiences with God, but there are experiences God wants to have with you. 
And that's what it's about. Lock in on this. Yes, corporately we're doing it, but personally something's going to happen in your life, in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, and in your household. Who are you, Lord? Are you the protector? Are you the provider? See, many people discover, you look at all the names of God from Jehovah Jireh. That is the God that provides, which it's the place of Jehovah Jireh, but it is God, El Shaddai, the God of Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. Many people know God as redemption, as salvation, but they don't know him as provision. Because it takes faith to believe the Lord. Come on, Pastor Linda, but you can testify. Man, I've faced situations that are impossible. I've looked at numbers that don't line up on paper, and I've seen God do miracles that you cannot even begin to explain. Pastor Joe can, explain, can testify too. God is a God of supernatural things. God has never changed that dimension of his character. He was not a provider in the old covenant and not in the new covenant. He still provides for the church today. And that is our provision. Come on, somebody. Shout amen. God will provide. Then it's discovering him as fire. Many people know God is love. He's so loving. He's so wonderful. But they've never met the fire. Man, when you meet the fire, you realize, my God, whoa! This is a God that changes things. When the fire of the Holy Ghost gets in your life, you went from just this calm, meek, little, quiet person, maybe a choir boy on the corner with a light, to now you're bold as a lion, full of faith, full of wonder, running through the streets, shouting amen, and not afraid to declare that Jesus is Lord anymore. The fire of God shut up in your, bo- in your veins, on your bones. Is it veins or bones? Bones. Amen. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Who are you? And then he said, what wilt you have me to do? A time of prayer and fasting specifically for this year. What does God want you to do this year? Maybe it's the time that you start the business you felt you wanted to start 10 years ago. Maybe it's the time you get out of the business that you're currently in. Maybe it's the time you change careers. Maybe it's the time you get a promotion. Maybe it's the time you go on a missionary journey. Maybe it's the time you preach more. Maybe it's the time you join the prison ministry. Maybe it's the time you move to Chattanooga for Antonio. Maybe it's the time of your peace, rest, securing your household, realizing my kids are growing up. And this year the Lord gave me an understanding that the family is coming together like never before. And we're going to be together day and night. Maybe that's it. God gives you these. What do you want me to do, God? Because I can promise you this. The best this year could ever be is doing what the Lord wants you to do in this year. A hundred percent. Whatever it looks like, if you get the mind of God, it will be the greatest year yet. And that's what I went through. 2022, I was like, man, I fumbled. I was like, as a leader, I don't really know the way forward. I don't know what's ahead of us. I don't know what's next, God. So you got to give it to me in this time right now. Because I know that you're not finished with Claremont. Amen. Amen. Claremont's blowing up. We got traffic jams. Used to take me 12 minutes to get here. Now it takes me 22. The heck is going on, bro? I'm about to move out to Mascot. I mean, that's the benefit of 2020. You know, we should maybe heighten the fear once more. Stay home, people. So that I don't have to be in traffic anymore. Amen. Because I never stayed home. And it was really delightful when everybody else was. I even went the wrong way in Orlando up a one-way street. And it didn't even matter. 
go any way you want on the turnpike. Just, just drive any way. I'm going to turn around and go south. But you're on the north side. doesn't matter. What do you want me to do, God? And then I'm going to close with this. I thought of this myself because it's the cry of my heart. It's always been the cry of my heart. Lord, am I pleasing to you? Because when Jesus was baptized, the Father came and He said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. I can't tell you how many times when I go to pray, that's basically what I'm saying. Lord, is what I'm doing pleasing to you? Because there's a lot of voices that come in life. There's leadership that comes. There's, for us, church congregants that come. Pastoral team that comes. You have a lot of voices in your life that come. But when you boil it all down, the voice that really matters is the voice of the Lord. I, can, I can't live my life and please everybody. Are you with me? And it's not that you're trying to not please. You know, it's not you're not trying to be. You just you can't please everyone. You can't even please yourself sometimes. When you get hungry, you don't even know how to feed yourself. You get super hungry. You're like, I don't know what I want. I don't want that, though. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You're like, I'm so hungry, I'll eat anything. But not that. Ugh. Definitely not that. No, I don't want that. Ugh. It's like you need an intervention of God to get a family of five to figure out where they're going to eat. <laughs> Father, we just come to you right now. Shakarabata. Lord, you bring unity in the midst of diversity. You will speak thundering to the family where we're eating right now. Chick-fil-A. Is that you, Lord? But it's Sunday. My bad. Zaxby's? No. Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not eating that unsanctified dirty bird. I have it on good authority. Their chicken's offered as a sacrifice. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. One person was like, hey, man, I felt so. No, I'm joking. It's the American cheese. Who puts American cheese on a chicken sandwich? So I want to sit down with the authorities of Zaxby's and have a one-to-one. I could change your entire business model in five minutes. Scrap the American cheese. Nobody likes American cheese. Not even Americans. not even cheese bro it's like it's solidified oil with yellow coloring we don't want that you take you can throw it on a wall and it looks the same three weeks later right now you could buy american cheese and wait three weeks till the end of the fast and eat it after sitting it out on your you know cheese whiz what is that? I was joking this week with my wife. I was like, it is a liquid. We're on liquid only. <laughs> People are like, oh, I'd rather not eat for three weeks. <laughs> I'm feeling a little peckish. Hit me with a cheese whiz. I'm feeling really spiritual. Amen. I feel the Lord on this. Am I, <laughs> sorry, am I pleasing to you? Apparently not eating brings out my sarcastic side. 
<laughs> Am I pleasing to you? As we pursue the Lord this week and the next week, corporately together, we do encourage people, come out tonight and pray. Come out throughout the week and pray. Pursue the Lord. Times of prayer and fasting are for your benefit, not for the Lord's. God doesn't really need us. You know that, right? Just so you know, he'll, He finds a way. But you get the opportunity to join in that way by your own willpower. What a privilege. What an honor. And Father, am I pleasing to you? Am I doing what you want me to do? Is there things in my life you want me to change? Is there things in my life you want me to do better? Are there things in my life you want me to cut out completely? Father, here I am. I trust you. I trust your leading. I trust your character. I trust your ways. And I'm leaning in for right now to hear from you. Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.